So this morning we do begin this brand new sermon series on blessed, on being blessed. And as we do so, I just want to share with you just a, just a cute little story. It's just cute. Story of a little one, just barely old enough to go to preschool, just young. Went to preschool, enjoyed it, and one day the teacher said, okay, boys and girls, put your hand on your heart. And the little guy proceeded to put his hand right on his bottom. And the teacher said, um, <laughs> why did you put your hand there? And the little boy said, well, teacher, every single time I go to grandma's house, she says to me, bless your little heart, and she pats me right on my bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's just a cute little one. But today we begin to explore the richness, the depth. Was it, what does it mean? Where does it start to be blessed, to be blessed? And we heard Charlene read from the Gospel of Matthew beginning at the, at the fourth chapter, and then she also read from later on in the fifth chapter. And the first part is, are those verses that we know and know well where Jesus is healing and bringing hope and life and renewal. And then as he gathers all those folks together, he sits down as a true teacher and he blesses them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And we make notes on our devices, that's where it is. Because we know it and we love it. And then we hear that other passage where Jesus says, don't think that I have come to abolish the law. Uh-uh, I've come to fulfill it. And then we get done and he says, well, you gotta be better than the Pharisees and the scribes. And it's some verses that are hard to understand. And I want you to ask the question, well, what does that have to do with being Blessed. What does Jesus saying? I have come to fulfill the law and the prophets. What in the world does that have to do with being blessed by our God? Hang on to that. Because I want both of these passages to speak to who we are right here and right now. Whatever has happened Sunday morning, whatever is happening in our own lives and our culture, let us allow God's word to speak to us. And especially with that second portion, verses 17 to 20 of chapter five, let's remember what was happening in the lives of God's people. Because Matthew was written to God's people about 10 to 30 years after a war, a war in which the temple, the beloved temple, had been destroyed. I'm sure they were living in turmoil. There were voices that were, were struggling to be heard. They were Power issues, whose voice speaks with integrity and authority. And I'm sure as they were trying to begin to rebuild, I'm sure there was a sense that, man, those good old days, whether or not they were good, yeah, they were gone. 
And so Matthew writes this gospel to God's people in the midst of everything that's happening. But let us also remember that Matthew wrote this gospel to a Jewish community. To folks that needed to hear and be reminded that Jesus indeed is the promised Messiah. The one who came and fulfilled each and every prophecy. Jesus is a promised Messiah, and Jesus is the teacher of whom all are called to follow and do what they are taught by Jesus to do. And so in the midst of everything going on in their lives, Jesus then teaches them and reminds them, gives them a gift that maybe they didn't really know that they needed or wanted but Jesus gives them the gift of accountability. In the midst of everything going on in their lives, Jesus says to him, do you remember the law? The law and the prophets, that which God had given you in order that you might have life? Think the Ten Commandments, think the Old Testament laws, think of all that. And Jesus says, remember that was given to you as a gift that you might have life. And then it makes sense when Jesus says, oh, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law in its fullness. And then we hear the teacher. The teacher who then says, this law that was given to you, that Jesus says that I am fulfilling, I want you to continue to live in this law. Live in the fullness of the law and the prophets. And even more than that, I want you, Jesus says, to do it as I teach you. Live into this law and the prophets as I show you how. As he lived it out with absolute integrity. Because then we get to the end of that passage. And Jesus wants us to know that we are to follow him, follow him as our teacher, follow the law as he tells us to, to walk it, to live it with absolute integrity as he does. Because he wants to point out the difference between how he is teaching and how he is living and the difference in between how the religious leaders scribes and the Pharisees, what they were doing, how they were teaching, how they were burdening God's people. In fact, as we read through even the Sermon on the Mount, as we read through the rest of the gospel, we will see that Jesus says, ah, those Pharisees, they are saying one thing and they're doing another. Oh, the Pharisees, oh, they may look good. They may look like they are fulfilling the law, But in their hearts, they're just full of of judgment and bitterness. And God looks at the heart. So when Jesus says in verse 20, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you may never enter the kingdom of heaven, he's pointing out their hypocrisy and saying, you gotta live better than that. You need to live with integrity, 
Live in the law that I give you. The accountability, it is a gift. Even in the midst of everything going on, especially in the midst of everything going on. Now, before we get too judgmental on, the, on those Pharisees for saying one thing and doing another, I have a story that I want to share with you. It's a classic story. It's a story of a woman who was waiting to take a left-hand turn at the light, and the person in front of her waited and waited and waited and waited till the absolute last minute, and then, then that driver turned. So that meant that she was stuck. She couldn't make that left-hand turn because the light turned red. And she was extremely upset, using her body to communicate loudly with everybody around her, using her words and the volume thereof, which were pretty horrible. Everybody knew she wasn't happy. Well, behind her came a police officer. And she was arrested, brought down, fingerprinted the whole bit. After a little while, the arresting officer came over to her and said, yeah, you're free to go. But here's the thing. The officer said, I, I pulled up behind you and I saw these very hmm, distinct gestures and I heard all this filth coming from your mouth and then I looked at the back of your car. And on your bumper, you had the sign of the fish, sign of those who follow Jesus. And on one side of your bumper, you had the sticker that said, I love my church. And on the other side, you had a bumper sticker that said, follow me to Sunday school. So naturally, I thought the car was stolen. <laughs> hmm. A bit of... Uh, saying one thing and doing the other. A bit of uh, not living with integrity, of not living out the law as Jesus would have us do. Because this morning, I think we need to remember that Jesus comes to us as the Messiah, as the teacher, and shares with us the gift of accountability, just as Jesus gave to those original disciples, the original listeners. In the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, Jesus comes to us and said, I have fulfilled everything and I'm not abolishing it. I want you to live into the law, live into that. And you know, we're really not all that different than those original listeners. We're struggling with turmoil in our culture. We're struggling with when we don't get along with each other. The goodness knows there are voices in our culture right now that are striving to be the loudest voices to be heard. And you know, I think there's a sense of the good old days. Maybe they weren't so good, but that sense is gone. And Jesus comes to us in this moment and says, I am walking with you. I am faithful in your life so that you can indeed live according to my will. Because Jesus walks alongside of us and reminds us that in our Lord we find forgiveness. 
So as we read through this, the gift of this accountability is that as we read through it, we realize, oh, Lord, Lord, I have messed up. When we read through this, then the gift is that then we realize, Lord, Lord, I have sinned, and I can't do it without you, Lord. And the Spirit stirs within us because not only are we at that moment, but then we realize that with Jesus walking with us, there is hope. There is life of what is to come. And it's at this moment, it's at this holy moment when we realize, oh, it, Lord, it's a mess. And then we lean into God's faithfulness. We lean into God's forgiveness in our lives, pouring God's grace and mercy upon us. It is in this holy moment that we realize we are blessed, held in God's faithful hands forever, God's grace and mercy poured upon us. This, this is blessed. This is blessing from which everything else flows. This is where we reside in being blessed. And it all begins with the Beatitudes. When Jesus has gathered all those from all over the area, gathered, he sits down as the true teacher, which Matthew wants us to see. And he begins, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are. From that point of grace and mercy, flows the blessings. Now for you and I today, when we say a blessing, it's a nice affirmation. Oh, bless your little heart, yeah. But in Jesus' day, it was so much more. As one of our professors at LSTC shared, Dr. Rhodes, he says, in ancient time, blessings were considered to be powerful words, which were actions they could make happen what was said. Just think, in, in these Beatitudes, where it all starts, Jesus empowers us. Jesus empowers us to be humble in spirit, to be gentle, to be merciful, hungering for justice and pure of mind, making for peace. Not only do they give us a new vision of God's kingdom, create a new community empowered by God's very blessings. So this day, I don't know where you are at on your journey of faith, but God does. And God meets us exactly where we are, pouring God's grace and mercy and promising to hold us
empowered then to share those blessings, to be humble of spirit. We are blessed then to be a blessing, maybe even when we're sitting at a yellow blinking light. My prayer for all of us this week is that we will have the spirit stirred within us so that we have an awareness of exactly where God is laying God's hand of blessing upon us. May we have eyes to see. May we are, our spirit burn within us so that we are aware of it. Because that is such a true gift. Truly, we are blessed.